Welcome to The Other Woman and the Wife, where we discuss why infidelity exists and what we can learn from it. Today, I am joined by Minister Jamie. Minister Jamie and I collided on TikTok, of course. Um, A few months ago, she had posted a rant that I absolutely fell in love with, and you guys know how I love a good comment section. And that comment section did not disappoint. It was really, really fun. So Minister Jamie, welcome to the show. And what I'd actually like to do now is I wanna share the TikTok that you had posted and we're just gonna listen to it together really quick because I think this is oh, probably one goody. of my favorite things ever. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Child, so he left you. He over there with her and he like it over there. It don't seem like he leaving no time soon. Even though you cook like Aunt your mama, you clean like Cinderella. You're smart, you work hard, you make a lot of money and you contribute to the bills. You love his children as your own. You are kind and considerate to his parents. You're kind and considerate to him, period. You look out for him, you have his back. Child, you even pick out clothes, nails and hair in accordance to what you think he's gonna like. And he's sitting over there with her in a funky house with no food paying all her bills and you can't seem to figure out why. And every time somebody gives you an ear to listen when you talk about it you give them the list of all the reasons why he shouldn't be over there with her because you cook and you clean and you do this and you do that and you do a third baby i'm here to give you the reason why he's over there with her want to know what it is it's because love is patient love is kind it doesn't envy it doesn't boast it keeps no record of wrong it never delights in evil but always rejoices in the truth it always trusts it always hopes and perseveres and of all those things it is not now nor will it ever be about who is best so no matter how much you cook how much you clean how much you contribute or how much better looking you are love is not about who's best And if your definition of love has come to be defined by all of the wonderful list of things that you can do, then honey, I'm so sorry to tell you, you have made yourself a target for men who will just be with you for what you can do for them, but don't really love you for you. So I do not know who I'm talking to today, but take your apron off, honey. Love does not care how good your sauces are. Put those self-help books back, baby. Love truly does not care whether you're healed and whole or not. You can call out from work tomorrow, boo, because to love, it don't make no difference how much money you make. If you can contribute today or if you are ever able to contribute tomorrow. And for the love of God, please get off that girl's page looking at every picture and video she posts, taking screenshots of every picture and video she posts, and comparing it to every picture and video you post, talking about how you look better than her from this angle and that angle, because I promise you, no one cares, him especially. Because uh, I don't know if you know it or not, but she could be the ugliest woman on the planet to you and everybody else. But one thing about love, it'll make her the most beautiful woman to him. So my best advice to you right now is uh, get down on them knees and talk to love. And ask him to send you the man that's going to love you the way he loves you, just for you. Not because you can cook, not because you can clean, and definitely not because you can yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? But just because you're you. Because if you got a man that can give you a list of reasons why he loves you, and all of those reasons include something you do for him, then I'm so sorry to tell you, you don't really have love at all. K. 
can I get an amen? Leave it down in the comments. God, I love that one so much. It's so good. You said so many profound things in that rant that I was like, keep going, keep going, keep going. And I love that the prompt that you have on that video is why is he with her? And yes. one of the conversations that I run into a lot in my line of work now is the whole, I think I'm better suited for him than her. And I'd Ugh. love to just hear you kind of expand on why do you think women do that to themselves, where they almost put themselves in competition with another woman? If you are the other woman in your relationship and you love this podcast, you would love the other women community. The Other Women Community is a membership program designed to help other women just like you reclaim their relationship with themselves and heal from their affair. We provide a safe and supportive environment for you to open up and talk about your experiences. We give you the tools and resources you need to grow into an authentic, empowered individual. If you're ready to take the next step in your healing journey, head on over to theotherwomanandthewife.com backslash community to learn more about the membership and all it has to offer. All right, let's jump back into the episode. Child, because people's mothers raise them that way. Men, men are not geared toward that. No, no one's mother or father, you know, makes a man do things under the auspices that, oh, you're going to make some woman happy one day. I mean, maybe some parents say it, but that's it's, it's, it's unlikely. It's unusual. But for girls, it's like, oh, well, let me teach you how to make these brownies because this is going to help you get a man one day. No, clean up your room. Make sure it's spotless and make sure you use bleach because when you use bleach, that smells good and your husband's going to appreciate that. Like, girl, child, it's because people's parents yeah. teach them that. Yeah, totally. And what do you That's think? Right. I, what do you think it is? Do you think it's the way that parents were talking to their children that had them in this place? Well... It's a man's world that we live in, meaning, you know, men are uh, in charge. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. we're still we're still living in a world where women have to fight for their rights to party. And to me, in my head, that's equivalent to the society we lived in where well, we still live in, where minorities, black people especially have to fight for their rights. So whenever you got a situation where you're in a society where you're not totally equal with whoever's in charge, you're going to be taught more how to, oh, how to speak to the person that's in charge, how to appeal to the person who's in charge. And to me, if I had to make an educated guess, I would say that's why. Mm -hmm. That's why. I like that answer. I sure do. One of the things that you said in that rant that I absolutely loved because one of the things that I struggled with in my own experience of going from one relationship to another was I was like, oh, wait, everybody says that I need to be healed first before I go into a relationship. <laughs> and yeah. it, what you said in that rant was love does not care whether you are healed or unhealed. And I have conversations with people around labels all the time. And I would, I would love to hear you expand on whether love cares if you're healed or not. If love cared how healed we were, then Jesus would have never died on the cross. And uh, God is love. Jesus is Lord, from my belief, mm -hmm. as a minister. So there's no conceivable way that 
the human embodiment of love would have died on a cross knowing how jacked up we all are if love cared how hilt and whole we were. Now, of course, it is a wonderful thing for you to do for yourself to become the, the best version of yourself that you can be, right? So to get to a point where you can articulate yourself as best as you can so that this new person that's coming along can know you better and you can gel better, right? But life circumstances just don't work in such a way that you're necessarily going to meet the person that God has for you when you are healed and whole. And honestly, there's no such thing as healed and whole because we're all evolving every day. So you can just get to a point where you're maybe your best self or near your best self, but you're always going to be evolving. There's no such thing as healed and whole. You're always going to be changing and jacking stuff up and making messes. That's just what life is. One of my favorite statements is like, cause I think for a really long time, I was waiting for this point of arrival in my own life of like, once I get this, then I will be, then I will be. Mm -hmm, and this mm -hmm. whole, like basically living in the future or living for the future had me a place of stagnation because I really couldn't mm -hmm. enjoy what was right in front of me. So yeah. I absolutely love what you just said there and uh, that there is no such thing as fully healed or fully whole. We are in the, the constant state of change, change being the only constant. And whether you're evolving up or you're kind of just sitting in a, in a place of stagnation, I think is really important to determine what you want to do about it. You know, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, why do you why do you think that women end up in a marriage where they step outside? Well, um, there could be many reasons, <laughs> many, many reasons. Relationships are hard because people are flawed. So if we all were really like Christ, then it probably would happen a lot less. But in this world that we live in, again, there's not equality in terms of the respect that each person is given. And because of that, those who are not the ones in charge are taught, this is how you appeal to the ones that are in charge. This is what you have to do. This is how you have to look. This is how you have to act. And so when we're talking about women and men, this is what little girls are taught. Here's how you dress. Here's what perfume you need to have on. Here's and yada, yada, yada. And so when we do that as, as uh, women, we, we unknowingly make an idol out of the man. And so when you make an idol out of the man, it no longer becomes about just loving him. Just, oh, I think he's cute. I'm attracted to him. I don't know why I want to get to know him. It becomes about how much money does he make? What kind of car does he drive? How, what is his ability to take care of me and our children? You know, it, it becomes very much about things and what someone has and what someone can do for you. And it, it, that becomes very much not about love and what you really like. And so when your relationship come, becomes about not what you really like, then of course you want to look up in a second and be like, uh-uh, this is not, I don't even know why I got with him, yeah. you know, because you never really had any passion with the person in the first place. You're just with them because he makes a lot of money mm -hmm. or everybody else thinks he's great or because he's the vice president of this, that, and a third and, and everybody's looking up to you because you're the first lady. Like, if it's ever about that, which a lot of times when we make an idol out of men, it becomes about that. That's why people step out of, that's why women, because men are different, step outside 
of relationships a lot of times because those idol those idols person. always fail you, don't they? Always, oh. idols always fail. <laughs> I mean, I definitely, whenever I think of my own experience, I'm like, I made an idol out of marriage and it completely fucked me. And then once I realized that like, that's not, that's not where it belonged. I did not need to be pining after marriage. Yeah. It's not. And, you know, if we were not making idols out of marriage and we were making love the goal and everyone was doing that. So that means that women and men were doing that Mm -hmm. wholeheartedly and taking accountability for looking for that in relationships truly. Mm -hmm. Then people would end up with the person who they're really passionate about. Mm -hmm. And when you're really passionate about a person, like when you really have passion for a person, you do stupid stuff like die up on a cross and it looks crazy, but you will stay with that person no matter what they do, no matter what they say, no matter if they cheat on you, no matter if they lie on you, you'll be willing to work through it because you have a passion for them that cannot be erased. And if you don't have that, you really don't have nothing. So you really should stay single, to be honest, in my personal opinion. Yeah, definitely. It's so interesting that you touch on the word passion because I, I didn't think that passion was real. For a really long time, I didn't think that passion was real until it ignited inside of me. What do you mm-hmm. think about relationships that do not have passion for the other person they'll, inside of them? They'll, they'll end. The relationships that don't have passion will always end. No matter matter whether it's today, tomorrow, um, next year, it's, it'll end because it does. It's there's no glue. Mm-hmm. And contrary to popular belief, children are not the glue. Oh, thank God. Passion is the glue. Passion is the glue. Children can be a byproduct of the passion, which confuses people a lot to feel like the children are the glue. But no, passion is the glue. Passion is the glue. And if you don't have passion, you don't got nothing. You're just basically sitting in a holding cell waiting to be released. Because what happens is when you don't have passion with somebody, even if you're a committed person, Even if you're a person that's so committed that even without this passion, you have decided I'm going to stick by this person. I am married to this person. I am their wife and I am not going to cheat on them. And, and maybe you're not a cheater. Maybe you've never cheated on anybody. You know, maybe that's not your thing. And you don't have passion with this person. All that happens is there's going to be a, a second where you bump into a person that you actually have passion for. And it's, you, you can't, once you actually meet a person that you have passion for as compared to a person you don't, there's no comparison. You can't, you will, won't be able to stay. There's, there's nothing that would be keeping you. It, it just, it just, it just, it just ends. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. One of the things that you touched on earlier when you were talking was being in love with the person versus the perception of a person. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'd love for you to kind of expand and wax poetic the way you do on what is the difference between being in love with the idea of a person and being in love with the actual person. <laughs> being in love with the idea of a person is a fantasy. Being in love with the idea of a person is level one, right? So it's like the initial honeymoon phase of a person you get to know the good things that they know how to do and you start to enjoy those things and you start to really appreciate them for being able to do those things. But then when the circumstances of life come and make them too tired to do some of the stuff that you enjoy, 
um, make them too depressed to do some of the stuff that you enjoy. Um, make them too sad to even engage in some of the things that you're used to having fun with them doing. Makes them too confused to even be able to look in the mirror and recognize their own self to be able to serve you in maybe the way that they normally do. Um, that's the difference mm -hmm. because when you're just in the honeymoon stage, I think you're just on the surface of the person. You haven't dug deep. You haven't really gotten to know them. And really getting to know a person is not pretty. So I would say that the difference is that surface level is really you haven't gotten to know the person yet. Yeah, I like that. Definitely. Being in love with the idea of a person versus the actual person, I think it also requires you to separate them from yourself a little bit and have the understanding of the person as an individual. And, and it, it, require, it requires you to not look at the person as black and white, but a lot of gray. When you get to know a person, it's not all good. It's not all bad. It's both. And when you really get to know a person, you get to know all of those things and accept all of those things. Yeah. And that's that's a very difficult thing for any individual to do. I I think that there came a time in my own personal relationships when I finally had to ask myself, like, do I actually value this person as they are in this current moment? And if I don't, then I need to be willing to let them go and remove myself from. And the thing that you said just then that was really uh, significant was in this current moment, right? Because we're ever changing. So it's like when we make decisions to say, okay, I can't do this anymore. Um, this is not for me because, you know, who this person is in this moment is not someone that I can see myself continuing to be with. We have to take under consideration that we all are ever changing. So whoever the person is in this moment is not necessarily the same person. The person is going to be in the next moment. Yeah. Because circumstances change and circumstances certainly change people. Definitely. Definitely. How, so expand on that. How can a circumstance of, uh, you know, I definitely think that the circumstance of infidelity changed a lot of mm -hmm. how I perceive the world, but can you give me a little bit more color on, uh, or gray matter, I guess, on how a circumstance changes an individual? Uh, here's, here's one. So you maybe, for example, you meet a guy, you guys date, you guys, you know, really are fond of each other. You guys talk a lot about your likes and dislikes and what you want in a relationship and you're on the same page. So he proposes to you, you guys get married. You guys have talked extensively about what you feel like a household is. So in, in what you have discussed, you're pretty much the person that takes care of the home as the woman. You cook, you clean, you wear cute outfits around the house, and you generally really like doing that. That's something that you enjoy. You're not doing it because of him. You enjoy it, okay? And so he's enjoying it because, you know, he's coming home, you have all these colorful dishes cooked, you know, and um, you, you, you're wearing cute outfits and it's turning him on. You guys are like rabbits. It's great. But then one of your parents get sick and they're dying. 
and now you're the caretaker of them. So now you got a, a husband at home that you're cooking dinner for, but now you got like doctors calling you in your ear while you're in the middle of making your sauce, telling you that your parent is not listening to what the doctors are saying and you have to talk to them. So now you don't, you don't really, you, you're not even really focused on the sauce. It doesn't even taste the same. And some nights you don't, you forgot even to make it. And now in addition to that, maybe you get pregnant and what's supposed to be a happy time is a time that you can't even enjoy because you're dealing with getting ready for a death, but it, the death didn't come yet. And then you, now you lose the baby on top of everything else. Yeah. That's your now. You don't feel sexy. You don't feel like cooking dinner. You do not feel like wearing anything cute. So now he's coming home and you got on sweatpants. If you have on sweatpants, that's a, that's, that's, you did something great that day. Because you can barely get out of the bed. Yeah. Those circumstances. And so now the happy-go-lucky wife who was like, oh, hey, honey, how are you? Oh, I made you spaghetti. Oh, let's play a board game. Is now somebody who can't even get out of the bed. And the man, if he's not in tune, he's going to be looking at you like, what, like, you forgot all about me. What is wrong with you? Like, why are you acting like this? And it's not like you're acting like anything. It's you're, the circumstances have turned you into somebody that you don't even know. And if the person doesn't love you for you, not for the stuff that you can do, but for you, that, that in and of itself will really break up the relationship. It'll make them leave you. It'll make them right then go cheat on you with somebody else who's acting like how you were acting before all that horrible stuff started happening. Because really, they're just with you because they liked how you cook. They like how you clean. They like how you looked around the house. They didn't really love you. Absolutely. That's how circumstances can change a person. And, and vice versa, because now the man that you thought was sweet and kind is now looking selfish to you. Because now, wait a minute, you see all I'm going through. Why are why are you not being compassionate like you were like you were before? Like I thought you were before. Like who are you? How would you advise the woman in this hypothetical scenario? I really uh suggest for anybody, anybody married or unmarried, to to, to have a therapist. An individual therapist and a and a and a marriage counselor that they see on a regular basis, not just when problems arise. Because when certain problems start coming in life, which they, they always do, life is life. So there's no nobody's going through life without going through trials and tribulations, honey. That's just not how it works. But what your trials and tribulations are are different for everybody, you know. But when they come, you need a buffer. You need you need a professional, like somebody to talk to you both and like help you see the light. Like, no, wait a minute. Now she's not he's not exactly selfish. She just doesn't understand what's going on. It's it's somebody to talk to you, like, well, wait a minute, you know, I understand what you're going through, but let's consider this. You need a third party. Because without that, even if you weather the storm, your umbrella will be destroyed. You know, you can't, there's this, there's, there's no conceivable way that, um, to, to, in my opinion, that two people can weather the storms of a relationship throughout an entire lifetime 
without Jesus and a therapist. That ain't happening. I am, I have not met one person yet that has done it successfully. Now, have people done it in a sense that they're still together? Uh, yeah, but if you're still together and you just barely talk and it's like you're strangers, you, you might as well say you're not together, you know? Yeah, totally. What are your thoughts on reconciling uh, the marriage after experiencing infidelity? Well, you know, I think that um, <laughs> I think that it's different in accordance to every relationship, definitely. But I do think that there is a difference in somebody having an indiscretion because they found themselves at the bottom of a rabbit hole or something than someone who's like habitually going out of their way every single day to cheat on you. And even with the person that's going out of their way every day to cheat on you, it's like people have different issues and people have different struggles and fumbles. And just because somebody has a struggle or a fumble does not mean that they don't love you in the best way that they know how. And I think my dad said something to me uh, before he died that was extremely profound. And I think this is true in relation to that. It's like getting into new relationships is like playing Russian roulette, he said. And he said, throughout your life, you can have the option of going back to relationships that you've already had or trying to find something new. He said, but if you go to try something new, just know each time you're pulling the trigger and the next time might be the bullet. So I feel like sometimes, especially looking at these celebrities and different people, you know, this person cheated. Now they're getting a divorce. You know, this person's a narcissist. So now they're getting a divorce. Like whatever the reasons are, it's like child at the end of the day, before this thing happened, you had a whole history with this person. So the one or two things they did wrong can't really erase the things they did right unless you really never loved them in the first place. Or unless you really never had the passion with them in the first place. So it's like, I feel like if a lot of people were really concentrating on love, a lot more people probably would reconcile after issues because it's like, uh, child, relationships go through all types of stumbles and fumbles. And depending upon when you embarked on a relationship with the person, if you were young, you were an idiot. He was an idiot. You know what I mean? You're both still learning. You know, both of you could do a stupid thing at 22. That's not the same you at 32 or 42, definitely not 52. You know, it's like, so it depends. And everybody has to make that decision for themselves. But to me, I feel like it should always be an option if there was passion in the relationship. If you and the person had that passion for each other and the and the and the foundation of the relationship was really love, I don't think that's something that you should throw away because I don't believe that that's something that you find more than one time in life. Do you think that everyone is guaranteed finding passion with another person on the planet in life? Absolutely not. That is not guaranteed. It's not something that most people have. Um, it's a gift. Uh, the Lord gives us so many gifts and that's one that he doesn't owe us. So when he gives us that, it's like icing on the cake type of thing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not something that everybody is guaranteed. 
-hmm. nor does everybody have. And I think that if people thought about that more, they probably would appreciate it more when they do experience it because it's a, it's a once in a lifetime thing. You can't, you can't meet that and then get mad because they did something and break up and think you're going to find another one. It don't work like that. True. So, so well put. Um, what do you think about God's judgment of divorce? God hates divorce. He hates divorce because he loves togetherness. And that makes sense. He's the Lord. Uh, but he has numbered every hair on our heads. And he knew on the day I was born that I would be here talking to you today about this. So it's not as if he doesn't already know what you're going to do. But of course he hates it. Of course he would prefer togetherness. Of course he would prefer everybody that he brings together to stay together. But there are people that are together that he did not bring together. They brought themselves together for things that don't have nothing to do with love. They brought themselves together because the two families wanted to join or because of money or because of this, that, or whatever. So that's a consideration as well. You know, yeah, Jesus definitely. is not an idiot. He's makes a lot of sense and he loves us all and he wants us all to be happy. So of course he hates divorce because look at all of the disruption and trauma it causes, even when there's a good reason for it. Do you think it's divorce that causes disruption and trauma, or do you think it's the reaction to divorce? The, the, divor the divorce causes, there's there's no possible way that the, both, divorce in and of itself and the reaction, but there's no possible way both of them don't cause a bunch of foolishness because it's like you get, you know, you have joined your life together with the person. You live in the same house that you picked. You're driving whatever cars you're driving. You got a life set. And now all of a sudden you got to start looking for another place. And you get, if you have kids, now you're trying to figure out. I mean, it's a mess, especially the older you get. Like who got time for that? It's ridiculous, really. Like, but sometimes, you know, especially in situations where people being abused and stuff, you sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But I mean, who really wants to do that? Yeah. Yeah. I think that God loves you more than anything. So whether whether it's divorce or marriage, it really is just a decree. It's he's it's, paper. Well, it's it's a it's a covenant. It's a covenant. And he cares about the covenant. And he would prefer for us to stay in the covenant, but he he knows who of us is not already. And he yeah. still loves us. Yeah. He still Absolutely. has compassion for us. He still has the grace. He still has the mercy. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, you guys can find Jamie on TikTok. We'll link her stuff in the show notes. Yay. And Jamie, thank you so much for being here. Oh, I cannot thank you for express you. enough gratitude for your candor. And uh, I just absolutely love your charisma, the way that you speak, the way that you are so intentional with the words that you use, I think is something that I will be taking with me into my future. Aww. So thank you for being here. So much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast episode. We appreciate your support and would love to hear your thoughts on it. If you've made it this far, you're likely someone who is invested in the journey of being the other woman. We understand that this can be a difficult and complex experience, which is why we offer guided coaching to help you heal and move forward. We encourage you to explore the links in the episode description or visit theotherwomanandthewife.com slash coaching to learn more about our exclusive coaching program and apply today. Thank you again for your support, and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.